This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Yon McCool, Coo Cullen, Deirdre of the Sorrows, Grow New Whale. From giants right down to fairies, of both the trooping and solitary, and those who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, Merrow Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore, mythology, retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, the culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olahan. I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 188 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Irish storytelling podcast, the Irish storytelling podcast, we have a tale of the Fianna of Erin. This is the tale of Oscar and the Green Blade. But first, a very big welcome along to any new and returning listeners. If you enjoy this episode, why don't you head right back to the beginning? Uh, nearly two, four years ago and 188 episodes uh, worth of Fireside content and see what we've been building up to the journey so far. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for your continued support. All the normal things. Follow me over on Instagram at FiresideBard. Email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com for any business or personal inquiries those are even just to say hello those are the best places to get in touch ways you can support the podcast more directly is you can of course tell someone about it tell a friend spread the good name of the podcast you can buy my poetry book garden sea a neomyth of home uh, in paperback from the headstuff website or in kindle form from amazon we can ship the paperback anywhere around the world uh, all of the links are in the description below attached in here and if you want to po- support the podcast directly you can do so uh, by joining headstuff plus for as little as five euro a month although you can pay more if you want and gain bonus content not just for fireside but for all of the podcasts on the headstuff podcast network and more there are of those each and every month thank you so much and uh, no hard sells on any of those um i am recording to you from my home studio back in county wicklow um i'm still home for the next couple of months at least settled back in a little bit uh, I've been popping back over I was over in Yorkshire in the UK over the weekend and now I am back here recording these next couple I've been quite under the weather over the last uh, couple of days so I wouldn't ideally be recording today but I'm hoping that my vocal quality will not have suffered too much I'm feeling a bit better today um, but that's currently where I am but the story for this week most importantly this continues our look at John Hawkins Simpson's incredible adaptation of the poems of Oshin the Bard, uh, the link of which is in the description below, as always now. And this finally gives a title, kind of named story in its own way, um, to my favourite, my MVP of the Vienna, which is the grandson of Fionn McCool, Oscar. This is a continuation, a standalone continuation of sorts of the story we did two weeks ago, which was the wonderfully titled Hill of Slaughter. Um, But here we have a follow-up to that, 
um, which we will chat more about afterwards, of course. But this is the tale of Oscar and the Green Blade on Fireside. Oscar and the Green Blade Little Hugh stood on the eastern shores of Era. The blood from the Hill of Slaughter had ran and was diluting within the Irish Sea. But more ships were approaching the island, and they were not merchants or pleasure crafts. These ships were sailing aggressively for war. The youngest son of Fionn McCool was approached on the shore by a tall, dark man with long, flowing silver hair, an eye patch across one eye, and carrying the largest and longest sword neither Little Hugh nor any Fenian warrior had ever seen the match of. Stranger than its size was the sword's colour. The blade was not silver, or even gold, or rusted bronze. It was green. There appeared to be mixed metal within the sword that made it seem enchanted and certainly formidable. The stranger spoke. Where is Fionn McCool? Who wants to know? said Little Hugh. I will not reveal my identity to anyone but the leader of the Fianna. Very well. My father is Fionn and he is mourning on the hill of slaughter, where Talia the Cat King fell. Please, guide me to him, son of Fionn. The name's Little Hugh, said Little Hugh. Fionn McCool had just buried Princess Neem. She had fallen dead after witnessing her own husband's death, as well as those of a thousand Fenian men. It was after her that the Hill of Slaughter had been named. Little Hugh and the stranger approached the Fenian lord. Fionn McCool, by whose hand did Talia the Great fall? Fionn looked at the stranger and said, I would not divulge such information to anyone who will not even announce their own identity. My name is Mergok of the Green Blade. Talia was my brother by marriage, and I have come to seek revenge for his death. Talia was an unwelcome invader in error, said Fionn. We gave safe refuge to his wife, and Talia came to claim her. As the Fianna always do, we protected the innocent and the defenseless. Mergok did not believe this. You dare to lie and claim you protected my own sister when she too lies dead by Fenian hands. That looks bad, said Fionn, but I swear by the gods that Princess Neem died of heartbreak at the sight of the battle. She came to no harm from any of our warriors. But Mergok would not believe the truth. He was out to dip his green blade in Fenian blood. I will not be satisfied until every one of the Fianna lie dead. All, that is, but two. Which two? asked Fionn. Little Hugh, as he is but a child and blameless of any crimes, and Gull McMorna, 
whose nobility and honor has reached even my ears. You are right not to blame little Hugh, said Fionn, and Gull MacMorna may have killed my father, but he has been as valiant and long-standing an ally of me since I have taken over as leader. But not one of the Fianna will die for the blameless crime of the death of Talia and Neem. Our greatest warrior will fight you in single combat. And who is your greatest warrior? asked Melgok. I am. From behind the Fenian leader stepped Oscar of the dreadful deeds. It is by my hand that Talia fell. He fought bravely and fiercely. But the stamina of the stag bested the quickness of the cat. Mergok smiled darkly. It is right that you should fall by the green blade, Oscar. Know that never has another man made a mark on my skin. Mark on your skin, laughed Oscar. No man has ever knocked me from my feet. Oscar drew his sword and spear and charged at Mergok and his green blade. The Fianna knew this was going to be a long battle. The green blade was clearly a better weapon than any on the island of Era, save for the mythical gay bulga of Cúchulain or the sword answerer of King Lú Lavada. But Oscar was faster and stronger than any stroke of the green blade. If he lost a weapon, the Fianna had a thousand ready to throw to him. While Oscar and Mergok fought, Fionn one by one summoned the greatest of the Fianna. Gull MacMorna approached. Gull, said Fionn, if Oscar falls in battle against such a great foe, the Fianna will be in great danger. Will you fight? No love have you ever had for me, Fionn MacCool, and you would have me die by your grandson's butcher, answered the leader of Clan Morna. Only respect have I had for you since you stood aside when I became your commander. I have made my peace with you slaying my father, but Melgok has vowed not to harm little Hugh or you specifically. If you fought him in battle, there would be no danger except for the loss of Melgok's honor with his life. If you command it, I will fight. No battle will be refused by one of Clan Morna for the Fianna of Era. Fionn received similar vows from Diarmid, Quilche, Oshin, and even begrudgingly, Conan Whale. At the end of the first day of fighting, neither Mergok nor Oscar had made a mark on each other. Neither had ever lost a fight, and here they may have each met their match. Still, neither of them doubted the outcome. Rest tonight, Mergok, said Oscar, for it will be the last night your blood does not run on the hill of slaughter. No, no, Oscar, said he of the green blade. Era is not where I die. It is where you will fall by my hand. The following dawn, the battle began anew. Oscar needed to draw blood. The savage warrior within him craved it. All of the Fianna now trembled before Mergok. All except for Oscar. Today he proved himself not only the fiercest, but bravest of his brethren. And with that calm, collected confidence, Oscar parried, dodged, and lunged past the green blade, and sliced the side of Merkok. 
as the warrior's blood began to stream, Mergok said, Enjoy that hit, Usker. It will be your last. Grasping the green blade in both hands, Usker's foe charged and Usker was on the back foot. Fionn's grandson grasped a shield from the battlefield and held it high above his head. As the green blade came down, smashed and splintered the shield with its shaft coming down hard, smacking, slicing and knocking Usker off his feet and prostrate on the ground. It all happened so fast. The greatest of the Fianna, who had never so much been brought to the ground, now lying motionless. Fionn suppressed his anger and rage and sorrow for his beloved grandson. Era and the Fianna needed him to remain a leader. But Conan Whale called out, Oscar, this cannot be how you die. When you have defeated all who have dared approach you, you have never been my friend. But you have always been my better. Now get up, so that I can be the one to kill you. All the Fianna were incredibly moved by Conan Whale's display. He had never complimented anyone, much less Oscar. He feared for all of Era should Oscar fall. And Oscar heard. Just as quickly as he'd been knocked down, he of the dreadful deeds was back on his feet with green blood in his eyes. He kicked Mergok square in the ribs, and the green blade landed in Oscar's own hand. Then Fionn's grandson cut every part of his foe open, keeping him alive until every inch of him was running blood red. Satisfied, Oscar cut the head from Mergok and dropped the green blade on the hill of slaughter. The three cheers the Fianna let out were cut short by the sight of Oscar collapsing once more. He was gravely injured, and Fionn sent druids to carry his grandson home and tend to his wounds. Unfortunately for the Fianna, Mergok was dead, but now approached his two sons, Círdan and Leogon. And it was decided that two brothers would fight two brothers. Conan Whale and Gull McMorna descended the hill of slaughter, ready for a fight. Gull took on Círdan, and found him every bit the warrior his father had been. Mergok had promised to not kill Gull, but his son would offer the Mornai warrior no such honour. Gull was old and slow, but no less strong or fierce, and cut Círdan in half before removing his head. Conan Whale had been engaged by Leogon in taunting. It was inconsiderate of you to face me today, bald man. Not as inconsiderate as the warrior who comes behind you, said Conan. When Leogon turned to check, Conan Whale cut his head off. Conan, scolded Gull, that was a dishonorable way to kill your foe. We're at war, said Conan. These men invaded Era. Who cares how we win, as long as we win? Conan soon got his answer, as a queen arrived on the hill of slaughter and approached Fionn. Tell me, leader of the Fianna, where is Mergok of the Green Blade? He lies fallen by the hand of Oscar, said Fionn. And his sons, Círdan and Leogon? They too have attacked and were defeated by warriors of the Fianna. The queen broke down and howled. My life, my husband and my children... Slain by the treacherous Fianna. 
It was then that Gráinne, wife of Fionn McCool, came forward. I am sorry for your loss. I have a husband, and I have children, and I cannot imagine the woe you are experiencing. But you must not speak of treachery, for your family invaded this island. My people merely defended it. My family came to take revenge for the death of Talia and Neem. Neem came to Era to escape Talia. Fionn and the Fianna protected her. Talia pursued, and Oscar defeated him in single combat. It was a nobler death than he deserved, for he killed a thousand of the best of the Fianna. Neem died of a broken heart. But the queen was inconsolable and cursed the Fianna. Conan Muel was not having this. I will not have the honor of the Fianna called into question. And he drew his sword on the queen. Oscar of the dreadful deeds arose from his sickbed and knocked Conan back with his sword. Have you lost your mind, Conan? asked Oscar. The queen is misguided, but she did not slay any of the Fianna. The queen and Gráinne continued to talk, and the queen would not be satisfied until she had witnessed thirty of the best of the Fianna fight honourably against thirty of her own chosen horde. The sixty warriors were chosen, and the next morning they were all ready for the fight. Conan, Gull, Dermot, Oshin, Oscar, and even Fionn were not just fighting to defend. They were fighting for the honour of the Fianna, an honour that had been brought into question. They were no band of savage pirates. They were Era's first line of defence, and the thirty of the Fianna slew the thirty foes without a single loss on their side. The Queen's loss had deepened, but she could not doubt the nobility and courage with which the Fianna had fought. She sailed for home and told how her husband and sons had sailed for Era and had been brought down by the greatest warriors the world would ever know. To be continued. The podcast studios are opening their doors to everyone this culture night. Come see the place where your favourite Headstuff Podcast Network shows are made. Get behind-the-scenes access, learn about production, and record your very own five-minute podcast. This is an opportunity not to be missed. Join us Friday the 23rd of September. Register on eventbrite.ie or see the Culture Night website for more details. We look forward to seeing you there. And there we have the tale of Usker and the Green Blade on Fireside, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Yes, so last week, or two weeks ago, the last time we did a myth, we did the story of the Hill of Slaughter, in which a princess comes to Ireland seeking the help and protection of the Fianna, and she is pursued by the Cat King, her husband, Talia. He comes to pursue her, the Fianna defend her, and Oscar defeats this um, this Cat King. So follow, immediately following that, this story picks up exactly where the last one left off, and we have Little Hugh, our new MVP, um, getting his second outing, and love that he got this moment at the beginning, welcoming this um, this character in my head who kind of looks like a cross between, I'm imagining like Sephiroth from uh, 
uh, from Final Fantasy, like a figure from Final Fantasy or Square Enix coming through, kind of mixed with uh, like a Corliss Valarion from House of the Dragon, if anyone's watching that, kind of mix of these two kind of figures emerging through. That's the image I had in my head for this fierce, fierce warrior, because he needed, I needed to be clear on my image for this character because he is perceived as this greatest threat to Oscar. It's the one time that considering it is a kind of, Oscar is the deus ex machina of the Fianna in a lot of these, especially in these recent stories, he is the the secret weapon, he's the nuke, he's the dragon um, to just bring in and wipe everyone else out. This was the one story where, um, when I was reading it first, I was really thought that Oscar was a goner um, and that was in no small part to the fact that uh, in this version, in the John Hawkins Simpsons version, I've spoke before about how it's framed entirely as a dialogue between Ushin and St. Patrick on Ushin's deathbed when it is 300 years after the Fianna and he has returned from Tiernan Oak and they constantly go back and there's a lot of potential in it but it still suffers from a lot of the stuffy and outdated quality that some of the older adaptations of this myth have, I think personally, um, and that is just this added reverence that they had and the dialogue between Ushin and Patrick is incredibly interesting, um, except that it mostly just amounts to like one constant argument, which is the fundamental one of like whether or not the Fianna um, were greater than God, basically, um, or whether or not the Fiona and the Fianna are in hell because they worshipped pagan gods. This is just the back and forth that... Oshin is constantly saying that his grandson Oscar and Fionn and Gull and Conan, all of these were better than Jesus and God. And St. Patrick's going, no way, they're not. They're all burning in hell. And that's what it amounts to. So there's potential in it, but it does get a little bit repetitive. Um, as a lot of these older bardic tales can, because the, the repetition, the chorus, was how these older bards remembered hours and hours of material. Um... But here we have Little Hugh and Mergok arriving and this great green blade and he has come to take revenge on Talia. I added a personal stake by making him Princess Neam's brother um, because it's never really explained why he cares. It doesn't even say that he's a fellow countryman as it doesn't really say where Talia is from. It says that uh, Princess Neam is a daughter of a king of Greece which is also a common uh, theme in a lot of these John Hawkins Simpsons versions of these stories which are translated literally from the Irish um, and so it amounts to another single combat this was this was a believe it or not this was about 40 or 50 pages um, condensed to a like a 12 to 15 minute story um, as surprising as that may seem from it uh, that's how much it is drawn out and that's how much the battle is planned but it does ultimately break down to this single combat between Oscar and Mergok and I don't feel anything has been lost for the story that I was interested in telling um, than just getting across that this is this great this greatest of fight, fights and this idea that neither had ever been defeated, never had been blood drawn or had even been knocked off. But that this was the one time that Oscar was nearly defeated, nearly killed. And that comes across when he does eventually kill Mergok and can't even fight his sons. In which we get this um, Morna, McMorna bowl where we finally get to have Conan Whale and Gull McMorna fight. Um, which was my addition as well because you have... There's in a lot of these stories. There's a case of it. It makes me think of the ensigns in like early Star Trek, as in in those early Star Trek episodes. 
it would always be the core cast and then one unnamed extra going. It's a classic trope in sci-fi and fantasy and in all things really in action movies of all there's always like some unnamed faceless person who's always the first to get killed by the monster first to get killed by the alien uh, so there's a huge amount of that naturally in mythology because that's where a lot of it comes from um but i have removed or streamlined as much of that as possible because uh, i like to keep these keep the focus on the main characters so i had this idea of having this finally see the brothers of McMorna fight together and fight but that is that is actually uh, the Conan fight is from directly from John Hawkins Simpson directly lifted uh, that he basically says look behind you and then cuts his head off and it is an incredibly dishonorable death but it's his argument I think is fair enough it's like well we came to win who cares we're defending our land who cares how we do it and you also got a nice moment, I got a nice natural moment to see the nobility of Gaul versus the treachery of Conan Well, considering they are brothers and ultimately villains in the Fionn tale, because it is Gaul who kills Cool, but is the highly, highly respected one, and the one who Margoch has heard of and will not fight. But so the two, McMorna, they fight and defeat the two sons. They defeat Cirdhan and Leogon. And following that, we have the arrival of the mother, the wife of Mergoc and the mother of Leogon and Cirdhan and Leogon and Cirdhan. And she breaks down in these tears um, for and wonders where they are. And we have this incredibly long lament, um, this keen from this queen that does take up another entire chapter basically worth of like oh my life my love where should i find another all of that and all of these curses on the fianna and this is where the story takes another interesting turn i think um in that it then becomes a question of honor which is the thing of which the fianna are never in question and that's what the interesting turn is that this queen is accusing the Fianna of being treacherous, which they have reason to, particularly from how the most recent person was killed, which is uh, Leogon being having his head head cut off when he was turned around. It, the oldest trick of the book of look behind you. But overall, of course, the Fianna's question, honor is never in question. And that, that becomes the big, the big deal because that is all they are, their name. I mean, that is why the Battle of Ventry happens, is because all around the world, these are the most honourable and greatest of the warriors in the world. And so this queen, who had not borne witness to all of these deaths, she demands satisfaction. And then we get another very interesting turn, is that we meet Grania, who we haven't met since the pursuit of Dermot and Grania all the way back in, Jesus, episode like 15, I think it was, um, as a refresher for those who haven't listened to us, either in a while or at all, um, Grania was a young, beautiful woman who was betrothed to an older Fionn McCool and who, depending on the version, um, was fallen, was seduced by or hypnotized Dermot of the Love Spot as the most beautiful man in the world to run away with him and leave Fionn. And Fionn uh, gave this great pursuit, at the end of which... Dermot dies, but there actually isn't much mention of what happens to Grania. Either she dies with him, or she escapes, or in this case, she evidently marries Fionn. But 
this these stories seem to exist i've said before in an almost like parallel universe in the multiverse of the fianna and um, because dermot is still alive here and Gronya isn't re- introduced until the pursuit of dermot and Gronya. so if fion and her are married and dermot is still alive this seems to be in a totally different world um which happens a huge huge amount in mythologies there's contradictions all the time because they're so fragmented and miscellaneous but in this world Gronya is fion's wife so she never objected to the marriage it seems and she obviously is the mother of little hugh so she's why we have little hugh here because when we had another young son of fion mccool who i had never encountered before before the hill of slaughter i'd wondered who his mother was and here we have her revelation and her conversation with the queen asking her to not not um, bring the Fianna's honour into question but the queen will not be satisfied until she has seen 30 of her own men fight nobly against 30 of the Fianna and then in this final push the Fianna are now no longer even fighting just for the defence of Era. they're fighting for their own honour which gives them even more of a fury and a rage to, to fight with and every one of them wins their battle and then, unfortunately for this queen, she has to sail home, having lost her husband, her two sons, and now 30 other warriors entirely by her own hand, but or entirely on her own behalf. But at the very least, she's able to go back and tell that her husband and her two sons and all of her other countrymen and warriors died at the hands of the greatest warriors in the world. So it's what I continue to love about these tales is that even though there's quite a simplicity to the baddie arrives, baddie fights, baddie dies, we get moments um, which, in fairness, like I beef up and make my own decisions of and decide what I want to focus on and not. But a huge amount of that is coming from these versions I'm adapting of these moments for the individual characters. It's I can't express enough how lovely it is getting to meet more of, see more of Oscar and Conan and Gull and getting to meet people like little Hugh getting to see Gronya in this new light it makes them all seem very character driven as well as mythological and that's what continues to be really really enjoyable about them but with that I think I will wrap things up uh, because I hope you all enjoyed this tale as with the last one and all of them in fact and um, we've certainly won more as we come up to episode 190 we've won more tale of the Fianna to go from this at the very least um, I had thought that this one would actually be split into two, but I was able to condense it enough with, and still say everything I wanted to say. The story was, I felt, able to be told. The version that I wanted to tell, anyway, was able to be told within one episode, um, leaving room for leaving room for a story called Fionn McCool and The Chase um, as episode 190, which will be very nice, rounded off very nicely. And then following that, we'll have a folktale next week, Next week will be the tale of, oh yes, the lucky guest. Looking forward to another far Darek, another fairy fairy tale. <laughs> I have to always say that, a fairy fairy tale rather than a fairy tale. Yeah, you get what I mean, a fairy folk tale. Let's go with that one there. The lucky guest we'll have next week, then we'll have Film McCool in the Chase, and then as we come into October, I'm going to try and find a whole month worth of spooky, scary ghost stories, lots of banshees, and jack-o'-lanterns and will-o'-the-wisps and all that for all of October. We'll hopefully have a good month. And then we'll see how we're building up to episode 200 and the four-year anniversary of Fireside. 
plenty more to come for the end of 2022 and i hope you'll be there with us for all of it so please follow me on over instagram at fireside bard email me at the fireside bard at gmail.com um buy my book garden sea all the links are in the description below paperback or and kindle version at amazon uh, support the podcast at headstuff plus for as little as five euro a month i'll see you all you'll hear me all next time and remember wherever you are and wherever you go you can always join me by the fireside this show is part of the headstuff podcast network a hub for the creative and the curious shows are produced in association with headstuff and the podcast studios dublin find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.